this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello everybody and welcome to Bell Ringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today is Tom Murdoch from the UB Business and Entrepreneur Partnerships and the Western New York Incubator Network. It's been a long time coming getting Tom on the podcast. We talk about startups in the time of COVID, how they're well suited to pivot, and a lot of local companies that you've heard from on this podcast that have made that pivot and are doing different incredible things throughout this crisis. Thank you to Tom for joining our podcast, to you for listening. Stay home, stay safe. All right, Tom, thank you very much for uh, joining the podcast today. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. I know we've had a bunch of our, our economic development colleagues have been on here over the years, and it's, it's exciting to have my turn. Long time listener, as you said, when we were getting ready. Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. All right. We'll make it, we'll make it a good one then. So uh, <laughs> how are you doing during the, the COVID crisis? How have you been transitioning? I'm good. I, I think for, for me, I, I continue to be really lucky. I've known a, a couple of people that have gotten sick, but they've been some very minor cases. And I'm, I'm really fortunate to just be able to work remotely and, and keep helping companies through this. And so for me, I, I just feel fortunate and, and lucky more than anything. So kind of trying to, to count my blessings right now and just keep moving forward. And I know I listened to a, a webinar you did with UB. You mentioned that you read through the 800 pages of the CARES Act. Other than that riveting, riveting reading, how have you been uh, spending some of this downtime? So I'm trying to get plenty of exercise, trying to get plenty of sleep, working on the house a little bit, spending more time with work than, than normal actually, uh, spending a lot of time with the dog, and uh, reconnecting with my neighbors from six or, or 10 feet apart. So out of that 800 plus page reading that you've done to educate yourself on the changing legislation and resources, what is out there for, for startups to leverage and, and help them through these times? Yeah, so um, for me, I work with early stage companies all day, every day, and I've been doing this for the last six or seven years. And, and my dream in life was, was to be an economic development person. And so uh, for me, these are, are interesting times, but, but staggering times, right? We're needed more than, than ever. And when we started working remotely, uh, like a lot of us, and, and remember what the stock market was doing, the way that the, the layoff numbers were, were starting to come, I was kind of sitting there wondering, what in the world do I do? And so I started digging into the CARES Act, which was still kind of an idea at that point, hadn't passed. Um, I was trying to understand what was going to come through and, and what was going to be available. And really, when you, you think about it, these federal programs are done in a way that they have lots of complexity and, and lots of detail to them. And they, as, as you were joking about the 812 pages, um, which made for a, a really uninteresting weekend or a really uninteresting weekend, depending on, on how you think about it. Um, those programs come out and they, they're, they're designed to do a, a bunch of different things at the same time. And so I knew the, the last thing I wanted was for every startup in, in Western New York to have to read all 812 pages. Uh, so I started digging into it and trying to make sense of it for how it would translate to individual startup companies here. And so um, became something of like a, a minor expert on the, the paycheck protection program and the idle loans. And so in the last month or so, I've been helping, it seems like dozens and dozens of companies apply for those programs and, and get some money in there so that they can keep their people working or, or bring people back to work. So 
it's it's been really interesting to see how these programs are helping companies, how they have some limitations in the programs that are, are still getting fixed as we go. Um, but generally, they're they're kind of these crucial lifelines to to companies, uh, not of all sizes. Generally, built for for companies with with fewer than than five hundred employees. And as we start about as we talk about startup companies, generally they're all fewer than five hundred employees. So uh, these are things that are, apply pretty much across the board to the, the companies that I see. Yeah, and it seems on those startup companies that in in the press and you know in in practice those startups have been somewhat of a bright spot through all of this um they've responded really well obviously acting rapidly and and pivoting for a startup company is kind of in in their foundation um you know in their charter so what is it about um you know like a founder's dna and then the the foundation of a company that makes them so ready to adapt to these changes so i guess it's it's a couple of things right so number one founders are, are founders for a, a reason they're determined to do their own thing they're they're super passionate about their what they're working on and they're just absolutely determined to, to make it happen number two they've, they've got kind of an advantage they're a, a smaller organization that can change on a, a moment's notice and so it's a lot easier for them to, to make that that rapid change than it is for a, a giant company out there and so uh, what I've seen is a, a lot of the companies that I've, I've been working with are able to to do that really quickly and they, they know that they have to right um, I also teach in the, the school of management at UB and we talk to our, our students about pivoting which is this point at which a, a startup company or, or any company for that matter has Learn, receive some kind of feedback or, or learn something about their product or their market where they're realizing something isn't working the way that, that we planned. And so we need to make a change based on the good information that we do have and the, the partial information that we have. So we call that a, a pivot, making this meaningful change in the direction that you're going in based on, on what you're learning. And uh, for the last month and a, a half now, it's crazy that this has been going on for so long, but for the last Couple week, couple months, almost. It's it's become pivot central around here, and there are lots and lots of examples of companies that are really changing their their business model so that they can be relevant in the years ahead. Right. And that's a perfect segue. Um, I want to talk through some of the companies that have made that that pivot, that adjustment, um, and we'll start with a few that uh, podcast listeners might be familiar with. So. Cloud Insight, I know you yourself and, and our business development team worked together to help their relocation from New York City to Buffalo. Uh, Josh and Kate have been on the podcast. For those that don't remember, we talked more about the bills in that episode than any other <laughs> previous episode or, or one after. So one of my personal favorite episodes. But tell us a bit about Cloud Insight, um, what they typically do and, and how they've changed during these times. Yeah, so I had this great honor of, of kind of being the first person in the, the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Western New York to get to meet them, which was really just by chance. And I, I'm one of these people who, and there are a lot of us out there who will give anyone an hour of our time to see if, if we can be of help. And when I met them, they instantly showed themselves to be really credible and the, the kind of people that, that you want to line up to help any way that you can. And so uh, I made a bunch of introductions for them. One of them was, was to invest Buffalo Niagara knowing that as a, a company is looking to relocate to, to Western New York, there are myriad opportunities for them and frankly, myriad challenges for them. And 
having the services of, of something like Invest Buffalo Niagara, which can essentially project manage the mechanics of that move and, and all the different programs and incentives uh, that are, are open to them is, is super valuable. And in your case, I know you helped them with, with real estate, with the labor market, with looking at Startup New York, which meant uh, coming back toward UB to partner with us in a, in a different way. Um, but their, their business, Cloud Insight, is essentially a, a platform that, that helps companies figure out the right suite of online services for them. And that can mean remote data center management, that can mean cloud services, that can mean CRM, that can mean uh, technical capacity. And so they're in this business of, of helping companies figure out how to do things online. And if you, you just take 10 seconds and think about, wow, there's a, a lot of opportunity in that space right now. And the, the knowledge that they have and the relationships that they have are, are enormously valuable right now. And it's been good for them. And, and I know they're actually looking to hire right now. But the other part of that is that they have done it in a way that they can help the world. And so in this period of, of enormous disruption where everyone is trying to figure out which way is up, uh, as they're figuring out which way is up, they're also figuring out how they can help other entities that are out there. And so they've put together a, a package of their services that is available really for free to K-12s, to nonprofits, to municipalities, and, and just a couple examples of, of what they've done. Um, they've helped the city get a thousand licenses for, for city workers to, to be working remotely, which is just staggering when you think about it. And then uh, even more staggering, they've been working with the, the public schools and with uh, spectrum internet services to uh, get Wi-Fi into the houses of, of kids who are on the, the school lunch programs. And so if you think about, uh, it, it's just super staggering to think about that there are kids out there that, that need help just to, to eat lunch every day, um, but to get them internet so that they can continue their education during these unprecedented times, it's just mind boggling that they're able to do so much good. Right. Yeah. And they're, some of the people that I probably uh, miss most running into it, random networking events throughout the week while we can't host them. They're, they're pretty much at everything. So it's been weird not seeing them going on seven weeks. It feels like I see them every other day typically. Yeah, no, they're great people. They've been an incredible addition to, to Buffalo and to the, the entrepreneurship ecosystem here. And uh, I'm just really proud that they're here and proud to say that I've been a, a small part of their story. Tell us about Grit Seed. Uh, if podcast listeners might remember Raj on a previous episode, um, Grit Seed helps upskill people that, or help underemployed folks find find new positions for them in a couple of key industries. Uh, obviously, that entire space has been disrupted with the unemployment claims um, and and so many furloughs and layoffs. So how has Raj and, and Gritseed adjusted during these times? So Raj is, is another really interesting story and another really credible link in the, the ecosystem here. And Raj, this is not his, his first rodeo, and I, I don't know that the second rodeo is any harder. Think about the expression. <laughs> uh, he started a company called Cloud62, which was, was operating out of the, the UB Technology Incubator. And he built that up, scaled it up. He had 40 people working for him, eventually moved it downtown and was filling a floor of a building uh, and then sold the company and exited. And so the, the company remains here. Uh, it's now called Huron Consulting. And he's moved on from Huron and started a, another company. And along the way at 
Cloud and at Huron, he developed this passion and also this, this capability to identify people who did not have traditional hiring criteria in their background. Maybe they didn't have that degree or they didn't have the 3.75 years of experience that you need, but they did have what, what he saw as grit. And so he was literally hiring people out of washing dishes in, in restaurant kitchens to learn how to write software. And he said, okay, on my next startup, what I want to do is, is build on that. And he put together a, an algorithm and a software package to do these assessments of, of candidates for jobs to determine if they had the grit. And so he's making a lot of progress and, and was putting candidates through application processes for companies. And he was signing up a bunch of companies to, to work with Gritseed, which is the new company, and to have them do things like a video assessment or, or write a short paragraph about this or, or give us your opinion on this or, or how would you address this problem? And so giving a, a mechanism for companies to get feedback on candidates, even if they didn't have that, that degree that they were looking for. And so things were going good and now COVID has happened. And so you think about uh, the unemployment numbers that we're seeing every Thursday are, are just staggering. And the other part of it is that uh, hiring is slowed a bit too. And so, Funny thing happened along the way for Raj. We talked about, about pivoting and, and how this place has been pivot central for the last couple of weeks. And Raj, when he was building up Gritseed as a, a hiring platform, was finding some use for the software in essentially in job fair environments. So helping companies keep in touch with their candidates and realized, you know, there's a lot of potential here for this to be an engagement platform. And so uh, how do we keep in touch with someone? And so what he's realizing now is that while hiring isn't, isn't super fast right now, companies everywhere are trying to figure out how is it that we keep in touch with our customers, with our employees, with our, our prospects in this, this new world that we're in. And so he's doing pilots with membership organizations, with alumni associations, with um, colleges to help them recruit new candidates. And so, uh, Here's a guy who's got a handful of, of people working for him on his, his second rodeo, as I said. Uh, he's got a ton of credibility. He's, he's made a commitment to his team to, to help uh, keep them employed. And he's finding ways to be successful in this changing world. Yeah, and in his case, I think on the way up out of this, um, whatever that trajectory is, Gritseed, both in its new form and its original, um, will be even more important and uh, I'm sure he'll see even more success coming out of that as people start to hire back the people that they maybe had to let go and, and add on as well. Yeah. He's an incredible guy. I wish we had a thousand of them. <laughs> a thousand each of, of Josh, Kate and Raj. And the next person I'm going to ask you about Liz Sai, was previous on we'll 2000 of her, right? Yep. <laughs> <We'll> take... <laughs> um, was previously on the podcast, we, on her episode, we talked about 43 North, um, her having gone through that process with their past president, Alex Smith. Um, we also profiled Liz on our Be in Buffalo campaign about attracting talent to the region. Liz co-founded a company called High Operator. And, you know, interesting, we're talking about some of these these layoffs and furloughs because high operators are a company that was doing the opposite over the last few weeks. So tell us a bit about, about her story specifically over these last two months. 
So Liz is, is one of these people who you meet and you say, oh my gosh, she's so smart, so charismatic, so kind, just a, a total package of, of things to have going for you. And she's built this, this incredible company, High Operator, which moved to Western New York through 43 North. And it's interesting. Usually most years the, the companies are, are rolling in on, on January 1st. This year, because they were moving, they did it on uh, February 1st. Um, but they were a year ago in, in that cohort, and they were here before January 1st. They couldn't wait to, to get moving. And part of the reason that they came to Buffalo, part of the reason Buffalo is on their radar, is they're a customer service company. And so they want to be in a city where working well with people, being kind, being attentive to other people, showing empathy, showing interest is, is kind of in our DNA. And so there's really no better place to, to build out a, a customer service company, a sophisticated customer service company than in what we call the, the city of good neighbors, right? Uh, and what's interesting is they were in the Bay Area and realizing we can't find the people that we need here and it's expensive when we do find them. And so they, they came here and have been able to, to do some of what they do. Uh, it's interesting that that model of, of leaving the Bay Area for another city with uh, customer service and its DNA is what a, a really smart company called Zappos did many years ago when they left the, the Bay Area for, for Las Vegas, thinking, okay, Las Vegas equals hospitality equals good customer service. And the, the play here is you think, okay, Buffalo equals good neighbors equals friendliness equals good customer service. And so uh, we certainly hope that, that they grow to, to be as big and successful as Zappos. And they're, they're well on their way. And so you, you talk about their growth story. And what they do is they work with companies that are, are looking for a, a customer service partner. And so they're able to uh, bring on board a, a customer service function for a company that, that has flexibility, scalability, technical insight, good data tracking, and then also high quality customer service. So this is not your outsourcing your, your call center to the Philippines, nothing against the, the Philippines, right? But um, actually, what they're seeing right now is in this crazy world that we're living in, companies are, are looking to onshore their customer service efforts, and they want to do it in a way that, that is going to have high quality to it and is going to have uh, an added value to the relationship that they have with their customers. And they know that when they work with, with high operator and the team there, that they can make that happen. And so uh, Liz has been hiring people left and right for the past month. And so um, for me, it, it's interesting. We think about uh, how this whole COVID situation evolved and it was, we were all dealing with imperfect information. And, and my first thought was, I'm gonna keep going to the office until someone tells me that I, I can't go. And so it was uh, March 19th was my first day working from home, which was kind of late in the process. I'm probably incorrect in hindsight to have done it that way. But uh, <laughs> that was the week that, that things were really getting scary. And we were seeing huge layoffs and we were seeing shutdowns of companies and, and we were seeing uh, the stock market plummeting. And, and it was just scary and no one knew what was happening or, or when it would end. And they made this bold statement of we want to hire dozens of people this week. And there weren't many companies doing that, but they were. And then the next week they said, we did it and we want to hire dozens more people next week. And then another round came later too. And so they've been adding jobs while all of this is going on and helping companies, their clients, uh, 
better service their customers. So it's an incredible story. Yeah, it's incredible for high operator and um, I think a, a sign of Buffalo's, you know, the, the reputation is the city of good neighbors as part of the reason why they relocated here. We've heard that from so many companies that we've helped, um, be it, you know, Animal Right Source is a great example who came here from, uh, they expanded from Cleveland and Phoenix. And it's not just to help businesses and customer service, but it, it truly is to help each other during these times. Um, have you seen any of those examples, not just from companies, but in just like the, the kindness and DNA of, of our region and how it's showing itself during these somewhat turbulent times? I definitely have. So um, I was working with a company yesterday that, that um, is still newer and smaller than, than some of the other examples that we've talked about. Uh, companies called Tresco Design. And uh, the founder, his name is Dan Buckmaster. And it's kind of interesting. When you work in a business incubator, you see these really interesting and, and fascinating and, and rewarding, uplifting ways that the companies in the incubators are, are helping each other. And Dan and Tresca have reached a point where they're, they're outgrowing the incubator. And so this has been coming. They've, they've, part of the nature of, of what we do in an incubator is to be flexible, right? So as a company is growing and changing rapidly, we need to change the way that we work with them. And so in the, the couple of years that, that Dan and Tresca have been with us, uh, he's moved five different times in the building into increasingly larger spaces, which is just fun to watch. Um, but he has reached a point as of yesterday where he emailed us and said, uh, it's time for me to go. I'm moving out of the incubator and I'm, I'm gonna take uh, some formal office space. He's moving into the, the TriMain building uh, in the city, which um, is a fascinating building. You could do a, an entire podcast about the history of that place. But he is moving out, which is, is bittersweet. It's a, a success, but we're sad to see him go. And as he was writing us the letter that said, you know, it's time for me to go, uh, his biggest concern was the relationships that, that he has with the other companies and he's been able to help them. And he's proactively trying to figure out how is it that I can continue to help them, even though I'm, I'm not going to be across the hall anymore. And so that's just one small example. There's another company in the incubator that, that works on, um, it's an education technology platform and they uh, turned off billing right now. They know that there are thousands of professors all across the country, uh, like me, frankly, who are trying to figure out how do I bring my classes online and, and do this in a way that it's going to be fair and equitable and, and still valuable for my students. And so they, they knew that they could help and they, they turned off their billing and uh, it's kind of a calculated risk and they'll, they'll probably see some benefit from that down the road. They'll see increased volume and, and they'll be better for it, but they're, they're doing, how do we say this? We're doing well by doing good, right? Right. Did I get that right. Or is it the other way around? I think you got it right. I believe I got so. it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not the right person to ask, but I think you got it right. Um, yeah, those are great stories. Um, and, you know, I think you could tell through this conversation, you're really passionate about our entrepreneurial ecosystem and work with them, work with entrepreneurs every single day and, you know, dozens of them locally. Not what makes you passionate, but what makes our region such a good place for a startup to locate. Obviously there's like specific cases like high operator being in customer service. Um, you know, that's a very specific thing, but generally why have we seen this momentum 
in our entrepreneurial ecosystem and why should others want to join? So I think what, what really makes us special, so keep in mind, I'm from Buffalo. I grew up in Amherst and then I, I went away and I lived in Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, New York City. So I, I was gone for 11 years, going to school, working in, in other markets and chose to come back here. And for me, what, what makes Buffalo special is we have this all hands on deck mentality. And so we're all here and we're all in this together and we're all trying to help each other. And it's really pretty simple like that. And so um, I'm constantly looking for ways. Jack uh, and Clark at Techstar, they, they kind of gave it a name, right? Where they say give first. And we've been doing that for a long time. We just haven't really had those, those two words to, to, to sum it up. Um, but it's that give first and, and all hands on deck mentality that I think really makes it special here. Um, and I think any one of the examples that we've talked about today uh, would probably tell you the, the exact same thing, just in, in different words. Right. Obviously, you know, we've, we've shared some success stories, but there are so many people that are struggling and even the people we mentioned are going through different struggles. Um, you know, I felt part of the, the role that this podcast can play, whatever small role it is, is to promote some optimism uh, throughout this. So I want to end on this. We'll have a blizzard round after that I'm sure you're familiar with, but my last real question, um, just like what makes you optimistic about our future in such kind of bleak situation? So our country for 250 years has been built by entrepreneurs. And if we're having a different version of this discussion today, I would say our country is built by immigrants and entrepreneurs. But uh, for today, let's just say entrepreneurs. And so these are the people who, who make things happen and, and what make our, our country the greatest country in the world, right? And these are the people who built Buffalo 100 plus years ago. And these are the people that have, have sustained our city for since 1832, really, right? And so there have been challenges all the time. And every one of these challenges, whether you're talking the, the 2008 crash or the, the Great Depression, probably every one of these felt like uh, the world was changing and, and nothing was ever going to be the same. And I was talking to my dad about this the other day. He was saying, he remembers sitting in his office in um, 1987 when they had the, the market crash then and thinking things are going to be different from now on. And really what happens every time there is one of these giant crises, and it is a crisis for sure. Um, entrepreneurs lead us out. And, and I, I really believe that. And I, I think that's what we're going to see. And that's what we're already starting to see through some of these hard pivots that, that people are doing and uh, through some of the opportunities. Thank you so much for, for your time, all that you do for the entrepreneurial ecosystem, for putting yourself through the, the 800 page reading <laughs> assignment over that one weekend. Um, Thank you. You do a lot through the podcast. What was that? I said, thank you. You do a, a ton through the podcast for, for Western New York, too. Thank you. Well, we're trying. And I'm not going to let you go yet. Blizzard round. Some hard-hitting journalistic questions that I'm excited to hear your answers for. As a, a listener, you might be overprepared, but we'll see. <laughs> if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? I'm something of an ice cream connoisseur. And while we are not supposed to go to the grocery store very much. I happened to hear the, uh, the head of Dash's markets on the, the radio a couple of weeks ago, and they said that their Perry's ice cream was two for one. 
thought, okay, well, when I do need to go to the grocery store, I'm going to Perry's. I'm going to Dash's. So uh, my, I'm going to give you a list of, of good ice creams that, that people might want to try during the pandemic. Uh, almond Sunday, excellent. Candy bar, excellent. Uh, Let's Dough Buffalo, excellent. And Cookie Dough, everyone knows that one, but, but some three sleepers for you in addition to, to one consistent one. Awesome. Local company. All great options. Two for one at Dash is another local company. Yeah, you're right on brand all the way through. <laughs> um, and, you know, ice cream has a way of, of pulling us through. So <laughs> I like the, uh, the recommendation route with a, a big list of four. So thank you for that. I know the listeners are going to appreciate it. And Dash's is going to see an uptick in their launch. Everybody spread out when you go. You get a commission, right? Yeah, you should. <laughs> we'll send the send the link to them. Book or TV show that you recommend? Uh, I'll give you one of these. So, so right now I am reading a book called Jumpstarting America, which essentially looks at what are these innovation centers in our country and, and how do we have more of them. And so they're looking at certain technical indicators to, to determine what cities are capable of being the next big tech hub. So Forget about San Francisco, forget about Boston and New York and Austin. Those are our outliers. And, and so how do we build more of this? And so based on their technical indicators, they, they put Buffalo as having the, the 15th most potential. But what's really interesting is that Syracuse comes in at, at number three most potential and Rochester comes in at, at number one all over the country. And so they're, they're looking at things like R&D, they're looking at affordability, they're looking at commutability. Um, density of college graduates and so interesting book and then right now I'm watching Shameless on Netflix which is uh, set on the south side of Chicago and that's more of a, a guilty pleasure show um, but yeah awesome uh, what do you prefer text or phone call text uh, bills or sabers so that's like asking parents which of their, their kids they like the most <laughs> i love them both i will say you know the, the the pandemic is not all well it is all bad but it has given us an opportunity to reconnect with some people um i spent five years on the, the north side of chicago uh starting my career and my bills bar there was called delilah's and it's the, the best bills bar anywhere in the country we uh, got a, a Dick Duran slash Mike Malarkey era Bills backers reunion on Zoom for the draft. Uh, we didn't have a first round draft pick when we got together, but uh, we had a great time. So I'm, I'm going with the Bills and the Sabres, but a story about the Bills for you there. That's awesome. We actually, for our Be in Buffalo campaign, I surveyed all the Bills backers bars across the country and reading through some of the open text, um, open text answers were incredible to see what people had to say about Buffalo. Some of the, even though they, they don't currently live here, some of the most passionate Buffalonians and to see the sprawl across the country. One of our most, uh, like the longest answers, written answers was in Anchorage, Alaska. So it's pretty incredible. Wow. Hiking or skiing? Uh, pass. That's fair. I don't think anyone's ever passed before. No one ever thought of that. Good well, answer. it's good, but I, I just gave you an answer for the Bills and Sabres. So. All right. Chicken wings. Last question. Chicken wings, drumstick or flat? 
to both, but I'll give you an anecdote here. I like to call the drumstick onesies and the, the flats twosies, one bone and two bones. So uh, I like both the onesies and the twosies. That, that works. I mean, not an answer, but a creative, <laughs> uh, a creative spin out of it. You took some I'm good. I'll give you any answers. I, I passed. I said both the Bills and the Sabres. Uh, I gave you four different kinds of ice cream, I think. And you did a book and a TV show. So <laughs> a great blizzard round. Yeah. Some might say 0 for 5. Some might say 5 for 5. Who knows? <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Greg. This is great. Okay. It was a great pleasure to be on here.